Thank you for being here as well. Uh, those of you that are uh, worshiping with us online at Online Church, thank you for uh, doing that. Before I jump into my message, a couple things. Hey, that apologetics class, I get to put a promo in for that. Two of our residents, one that's sitting right over here, I'm not sure they both might be. Just one. Jonathan is going to be uh, speaking and leading that class as well as my son Luke. So if you'd like to learn some more about faith and how to talk about your faith and engage in conversations with people uh, regarding the, the differences of different faith backgrounds and what that looks like and how do we have conversations and not check our brains at the door when it comes to our things of faith, you want to take that class. Uh, listen, I'm so proud of this church and uh, I'm honored to be one of the pastors here. Last week we had one of our ministry partners, one child with us, and they came to share with us that we had some children that needed sponsorships. We have three child development centers in three different locations around the world, one in the Philippines, uh, one in Honduras, and uh, one in Nicaragua, and they came needing 82 sponsors, and we filled them before this service. <laughs> Sorry about that, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And so uh, we have a waiting list, and they're working now to find some more children for us, so pay attention to that. Uh, I appreciate you following God's prompting in your heart to live as he has uh, displayed irrational generosity to us, that we live that way too, trying to emulate the heart of the Father. So thank you so much uh, for doing that. Can we pray real quick? Father, I'm grateful, and when I think today about the over 600 kids that are now sponsored through Plum Creek and just your your kids here, taking care of kids on the other side of the world, Lord. It's really what we talk about, change lives, changing lives. And we know it extends far beyond those 600 plus kids. It's their, their families. And so it's really thousands of people that are impacted. And we're very, very grateful for that. And Lord, we pray that you'll be with each of those kids and their families today, that you will help them to know how real and how uh, true your love for them is. Lord, we also pray as our minds are filled with images from the disaster of the hurricane that just ripped through Florida, we know that people have suffered loss, Lord, some the loss of life, uh, some the loss of home and place of work, and uh, Lord, we know there are many that are reeling because of that, and we just ask God that you would, that you'd be real in the middle of those circumstances, remind us to pray and remind us to help as we can. We love you, Father. In your name we pray, amen. We're kicking off a new series that I'm very excited about. This one, I believe, is uh, critical in this season of our lives and in our place of growth and development in our following of Jesus. My friend Mark Batterson, who's a pastor in Washington, D.C., he's also an author, uh, retold a story in one of the books that, that he's written called Whisper. I would encourage you to read it. A few decades ago, there was this doctor. His name was Dr. Alfred Tomidis, and he was confronted with the most curious case that he had experienced in his 50 plus year uh, as a ENT. A renowned opera singer had mysteriously lost his ability to hit certain notes while he was singing that clearly he had sung before and were well within his vocal range. The singer had been to other ENT specialists, all who, uh, who thought that the issue was a vocal problem. But Dr. Tomatis saw something different, and so he started to do some research. And using a sonometer, Dr. Tomatis discovered that even, listen to this, even an average opera singer produces 140 decibel sound waves at a meter's distance. Now, that doesn't mean anything to most of us except for Jason in the back helping us with the sound, right? 
but let me explain it to you. That's slightly louder than a military jet taking off from an aircraft carrier. And the doctor actually found that it's even louder than that inside one's own head. And so he discovered this and it led to his diagnosis that the opera singer had been deafened by his own voice. Which then became this a diagnosis that was named after him, selective muteness caused by selective deafness. If you can't hear a note, you can't sing that note. Dr. Thomas said this, the voice can only reproduce what the ear can hear. And so when I read that a couple of weeks ago, I was thinking about this series and how important it is for us to hear the voice of God. You see, you're not going to be able to respond to the voice of God if you can't hear the voice of God. You're not going to be able to respond to his promptings unless you're paying attention to his promptings. And so I was wondering if there could be such a thing as a spiritual Thomas effect. And I believe there is. Pastor Tim Keller wrote a prayer about this, and he said this in his prayer, Lord, help me to recognize and tell of your wonderful deeds daily that I might have a note of grateful joy as the background music to my life. That sounds pretty good to me. So I fear that I might have and might continue to miss God speaking to me. Have you ever worried about that? If we're intimidated by the prospect of God speaking to us, I wonder why we would feel that way. Uh, more importantly, I wonder what you're afraid he might tell you. Because this week, as I've been preparing and praying for this, I, I had this thought when I wrote those words, I bet you he already has talked to you about it. Have I missed the direct promptings of God because I've become deaf to his voice? Or maybe, for many of us, we've never even understood his capacity to do so. And perhaps you've sensed and known some promptings over the years to not actually understand that that could be God speaking to you. So let me assure you of this at the onset of this series. God still communicates to his kids. He does. God still speaks. I just need to learn to listen. Let me say that again. God still speaks. You and I just need to learn to listen. What if some of our relational, our emotional, and our spiritual problems are actually a direct result of a hearing problem? Could it be that our ears haven't been trained to listen? Could it be that our ears, whether by our choice or some for some other reason, have been deafened to the voice of God? And I was thinking about this this week. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I know, we have capacity to block certain things out. True? I know this is true. This, let me tell you how I know this is true. Uh, several years back, uh, Beth and I and the kids were on a trip, a road trip. We have four children. And <clears throat> there's only one way to maintain sanity when you're on a road trip with young kids, right? Because what's happening behind me is some version of World War III as the kids are trying to argue through and negotiate through very clear violations of seat boundaries, right? This is all happening behind me. And if I don't concentrate and block that out, I'm going to go crazy. <clears throat> and so I just remember focusing in, and I'm driving down the road, and I have no idea how far I had gone before I came to again with this nudge from my lovely wife. <clears throat> The children are talking to you. <laughs> I'm like, well, their mouths were moving, but I wasn't hearing what they were saying, right? 
because I had selectively chosen to not listen. And I wonder, because I know this can be true, so often we're driving, powering through life, trying to get it all done. We're in power mode, we're in fast mode, we're in noisy mode, so much so that we're blocking God out. And you need to hear this as we begin this series. Did you catch that? I thought that was a good one. You need to hear this as we begin this series. What do you need to hear me say? I really believe this. Learning how to hear the voice of God is the first step to solving many of our problems. We need to know. We need to sense his direction and his promptings in our lives. If your life is off key, maybe it's because you've been deafened by the negative self-talk that doesn't let God get a word in edgewise. Or maybe you've just been, become content in this complacent place and it's easier for you to push out and ignore the voice of God, the promptings of God to help you move into a closer place of intimacy with him. Maybe you've listened to the voices of criticism around you so long that you can't even believe anything else about yourself any longer. Or maybe you've begun to believe the enemy's voice and his lies because he will lie to you about the nature of your God and he will lie to you about who you are. And he is the author of all lies. During this series, I want to combat all of this. And my prayer is that starting today, we would all decide to posture and prepare ourselves to hear God's voice. Because let me say it again, God still speaks. Friends, we just need to learn how to listen. So if you can turn in your Bibles to the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel, I want to share with you a story. It's one of my favorite stories that my mom shared with me when I was just a little guy. I had this cool Bible that had pictures in it, and this was one of my favorite stories. And as you're turning there, let me set up this passage a little bit that we're going to look at today. We're going to be introduced to a few different people. There is this gal named Hannah, and she has a broken heart because she's been unable to have children. And some of you here today would understand that heart. And scriptures even tell us because of the culture that they lived in, oftentimes uh, it would not be uncommon for ladies to actually be considered um, cursed when they couldn't have a child. So you can imagine, she's being ridiculed, scripture said. Imagine the pain. She goes to the tabernacle to pray earnestly for God's intervention. And so I wanna, I wanna read with you in 1 Samuel uh, chapter one, and I wanna start in verse 11. And she made this vow, she's praying to the Lord, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime, and as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. So she has gone to uh, the tabernacle to pray this prayer, and it's interesting that the priest observes her, and uh, he's watching her, and look what happens in verse 13. Seeing uh, her lips were moving but hearing no sound, he thought she, she had been drinking. So you must... You must come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. The priest bringing the thunder, right? And look how she responds. Oh no, sir, she says in verse 15. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. <laughs> Just, I like that she threw that in there. For whatever reason, that's funny to me. Uh, but I'm very discouraged. Now listen to her heart. I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I am a wicked, wicked woman, for I have been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. Have you ever prayed from that place before? Sure. 
In verse 17, in that case, Eli said, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. And I really hope that sometime this week you'll go back and read the first three chapters or so of 1 Samuel in your time with the Lord and you're gonna catch a lot of details that I don't have time to unpack today. But sure enough, the Lord answers her prayer and she has a child. And shortly thereafter, a few years later, when the child is ready, she takes him back to the tabernacle. And I wanna pick up the story in verse 25 of chapter one. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me, Hannah asked. I'm the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I am giving him to the Lord and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. There's one more little unique detail in the story that I wanna share with you before we jump into this amazing opportunity to learn the lesson that Samuel did. It says in verse uh, 12 of chapter two, now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. That was the priest kids. And there's a contrast now that we get to see the difference between Eli's uh, children, these boys who he regularly tried to correct and they wouldn't respond well to, and Samuel's uh, behavior in the, in, the, in, the, in the service to the Lord. And so I want you to see now what happens. This is such a great, a great story, um, and, and God answers her prayer, and now the Lord wants to do some things in Samuel's life. So he's already been identified to be distinct in contrast from Eli's sons, and now I wanna pick up the story in, in 1 Samuel chapter three. So follow along with me. This is where Samuel begins to learn some important lessons. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. When I read that, I wished that there were more details, don't you? Like what caused that to happen? We were talking about that uh, actually yesterday and Pastor Tommy said, you know, sometimes, and he had read this somewhere, the Lord isn't speaking because he already did. And we just hadn't responded to it yet. And we're wanting a fresh new word. And he's like, you, needn't, you didn't respond to the old word yet. And I think sometimes that's true in our lives too. Would you, would you agree that that can happen for us too? So look at verse two. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Let me stop there for just a second and explain to you some, some uh, history and some some Levitical law, you see in, in the tabernacle, this ark is where the presence of God would reside. This is prior to Christ's coming and his death on the cross. And so his presence is unique in this place. And I just think it's interesting that Samuel has, find himself, has found himself close to the ark. He wants to be close to God. And I think there's something for us there. In our efforts to hear and to know the voice of God, you gotta be near him. And we need to think about that. We're gonna talk about that during this series. Uh, follow along in verse four. Suddenly the Lord called out to Samuel, or called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Something is happening here. This is an unfamiliar circumstance in Samuel's life. 
But God is on the move and God is wanting to do something in Samuel's life just like he wants to do something in our lives. Now, this is important for us to pay close attention to. Uh, We need to know that sometimes a lack of intention or complacency uh, happens over the course of time. And, And over the course of time, we separate ourselves further and further away from the Lord. Have you experienced that to happen? You wake up one day and you're like, I don't know what happened. I just feel far from God. And the question we need to ask ourselves, did God move? No, he didn't move. But we have lacked the intentionality to stay close to him. That's why a series like this is so important because this happens to all of us. Samuel has receptivity to the voice of God calling to him and he's getting ready to learn some very important lessons in this story. Look at verse six. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and he went out to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. It's also interesting to me that Eli is a trained priest. And he hadn't figured out yet that God's calling Samuel. And so he's thinking Samuel just hearing things has a very vivid imagination when he dreams. And I wonder if this could be another indication of his distance from God in his life too. I look at verse seven, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time and once more Samuel got up and he went to Eli, here I am, did you call me? You see, just like many of us, Samuel had no experience of God speaking. He had no paradigm for this. However, he heard something and the Lord's voice was real because God was speaking to him. What a powerful learning experience he's having. Good verse eight. Then the priest Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Please don't miss Eli's advice to Samuel. This prayer is a powerful prayer. It's actually a vital prayer. As a matter of fact, when it's all said and done, this is our main thought for this weekend. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I actually want to crank it up a couple of notches and I want you and I to begin praying this prayer as we start this series. I want us to pray this prayer every single day and I want to see what God's going to do in our lives. Look at verse 10. And the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. And it's interesting to me that some people, maybe even some people that are hearing my voice today are skeptical of the, the possibility of God's promptings and God's speaking to you in your, in your life. Yet at the same time, it's not uncommon in our culture for us to pursue some kind of help in finding direction. And so we will even default to things that are dangerous things. Somebody say dangerous because I need you to hear that. Like horoscopes and mediums and spirit guides and seances and Ouija boards and teaching of false religions and witchcraft and communication or worship of our ancestors. Listen, don't do that because what you're doing is you're opening your heart to the work of the enemy. And you don't want that to happen. That's not even to mention the talk shows and the podcasts and the political rallies and the social media and even fortune cookies to help us make decisions in our lives. Isn't that crazy? That you're like, you open it up and it's like a horrible tasting cookie, but you're clear that that little piece of paper just gave you direction for your life. And yet at the same time, you're hesitant to believe that God could speak to you? Come on, guys. That's just silly. 
We serve a God that wants to communicate. And we need to be careful here because we may be disregarding the voice of God and his potential to give us these promptings and yet seeking dangerous spiritual alternatives. We're going to end up in completely the wrong place. So while Eli and Hannah and Samuel prayed to God in the tabernacle, again, remember this is where the presence of God was in the Old Testament. We now live on the other side of Jesus' death and resurrection, and we have promises, guys. We have promises. We have promises that, that tell us that, that God's spirit lives in us. When you've stepped across the line of faith and invited him to be your Lord and your Savior, scriptures tell us that now we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and God is always with us, and God is speaking to us. He wants to give you those prompts. He wants you to, to have discernment to know his voice. So let me pause for a second and just tell you, I, I've, I've never heard the audible voice of God. As far as I know, all that I have learned is a way to discern the promptings of God in my life. And it's hard to even explain it, but there are times where I just know in my knower that God has communicated to me. I've told you before, and if you've been around here a while, please do this, especially as we begin to pray this prayer. Pay close attention to your first thought in the morning. Don't let it be, oh, the God-forsaken alarm don't do that. I want you to listen because when you pay attention to the first thought that goes through your head in the morning, it just might be God's prompting for your life. You might be dealing with a trouble, uh, some kind of troublesome issue. You might be trying to overcome something, have discernment in some way. Pay attention. And the reason you need to pay attention to the first thought in the morning is because you haven't had a chance to jack it up yet. How are other ways that God would speak? So many times in my life, as I've opened the word of God and read scriptures through on any given day, it's just uncanny how it applies so directly to what I'm dealing with in my life in that moment right then. It could be through the voice of a friend who says something to you and you're like, you know what, that's confirmation. I needed to hear that. I need to take action on that. It could be, it could be something that comes during a worship song or a thought that comes through your mind. It could be conviction that hits your head. Pastor Tommy said this as we were unpacking this yesterday. He said, you know, oftentimes I've learned that the voice of God comes to me and it seems that there's a prompting that's out of my natural character, but definitely within his. Pay attention, pay attention. My favorite way for God to speak is through really great sermons. Thank you, thank you. <clears throat> So as we kick off this new series, the question really for us is how we're going to respond. How do we respond to this notion that our God still speaks? And that is to pray this prayer, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And that's going to be your first assignment. I want you to carry this with you for the next six weeks. I want you to be reminded to pray this prayer. Would you be willing to pray this prayer with me? For some of you, perhaps a skeptic in the room, just pray this prayer with me. God loves you. He wants to speak to you. I hope you'll be willing to pray this bold prayer during this, this series, this ancient prayer. It's a prayer that can change your life. It can change the trajectory of your life just like it changed the trajectory of Samuel's life. But before you commit to praying this prayer, I've got a warning for you. If you aren't willing to listen to everything God has to say, you eventually won't hear anything he has to say. You see, if you want to hear his comforting voice, you have to listen to his convicting voice. And isn't it true that the things that oftentimes we want to hear least are the very things we must hear? So be careful. 
So trust me, please hear my heart. You want to hear what God has to say. And this seven-word prayer can change your life. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So praying this prayer is easier said than it really is to do, right? We need to learn. We need to practice. We need to understand how we can discern these things. But if you will do this with me, and if you will really mean it, I believe this with all of my heart, your life is about to change for the better. But I want to caution you, that does not mean it will be easier. Because oftentimes the things that God will give us promptings about are the things perhaps that you've heard before but you've ignored and for whatever reason haven't responded to. We need to respond to these promptings. Praying this prayer is going to help you cultivate authentic, deep communion with God. So I'm a double dog dare you to do something. Can you take out your phone for just a minute? Take out your phones. It's okay. This week I had this idea and uh, Daniel, our communications director, has helped us uh, by doing this for me. He's prepared some great watch, phone, and computer wallpapers for us. And they're available to you on our website right now. And they're awesome. So you're going to see this QR code and I want you to take a picture of it. And to get these wallpapers on your device, you just need to head to plumcreek.church next. And I'm anxious to see how many of you actually do this. And once you get there, you can choose which kind of wallpaper you want. I've actually downloaded all three. I've got it on my watch, I've got it on my phone, and I have it on my computer screen. And once you get there, you can choose which kind of device you want to use. And then I would encourage that you consult with your children to know how to install it on your phone properly. <laughs> okay? Amen. There we go. There we go. And what's going to happen is this. All throughout the next six weeks, as we walk through these stories, both Old Testament and New Testament of opportunities that we can see of God's speaking and his promptings being responded to by his people. We're going to learn. We're going to learn, and we're going to pay attention differently. I just want the spiritual antenna to be raised in our lives a little bit and for us to understand how to hear God's promptings in our life better. In his masterful book, one of my favorite authors, Dallas Willard, in his book, Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God, explores this topic of hearing God's voice. And I want you to read this quote with me. This is what he wrote. In order to rightly hear God's voice, we must first develop a true relationship with God. It doesn't work to just pop into the throne room of God randomly and expect to hear sound bites of God's voice directing our next step. Hearing from God must be within the context of an ongoing relationship. Can you bow your heads with me for just a second? Father, we come before you in this moment hearing this challenge. And... Uh, Dallas Willard's quote is, is an important and a powerful one because we need to be reminded that hearing from you starts within the context of having a relationship with you. And perhaps it would be that there is someone that can hear my voice right now, whether you're in this room or worshiping online with us in this moment, and you would have to be honest that although you have curiosity surrounding things of God, you've never made a decision to step across the line of faith and to invite him to be the Lord of your life. You see, you need, you need to make that decision. 
And even in this moment, you might be, be, feel, might be feeling the presence of God drawing you towards him. And if that's you, I would just encourage you to respond right now in this moment, today. It's the most important decision you'll ever make to say yes to him and to step across this line of faith. And so if that's you and, in, and you're ready to do that, in your own words, would you just pray simply these things? Just say, God, I know I need you. And I've been trying to find direction and there's things I know I need to address in my life. I, I, I want to hear your voice. I want to follow your lead, not my lead. I, I want to understand what it means to be in relationship with you. So today, just ask him, ask him to forgive you because we've all fallen short of his perfect standard. And thank him because he went to the cross for you. Just say thank you for that. And in this moment, you need to accept that what he did, he did for you. And Father, for those that have just prayed this prayer, Lord, I, I just ask that in this moment you would start a journey of hearing your voice and sensing your promptings in a new way. And Father, I recognize and realize that as we're being reminded today from this story of Samuel's life uh, that you're a God that speaks. And Lord, I, I would venture to guess that all of us in this room have sensed some kind of prompting from you before. We might not have acknowledged it as being that, but you've prompted us. There's things that we knew, things that we heard. And Lord, we know there's lots of voices and we know our enemies at work and he wants to distract and he, and he wants to get, give lies to our minds and our hearts. And so we need to be able to discern truth. And in this moment, I'm just asking, Lord, that you would give us a sensitivity to you as we head into this series in a new kind of way, in a fresh kind of way, that we would pray with a passion, Lord, speak because your servant is listening. And perhaps, Lord, you've spoken to someone to forgive first, and they've been resistant to that. Lord, help us to take heed to your prompting today. And maybe for someone that's here, you have prompted them, communicated clearly that there's some things that need to change in their life, habits that are unhealthy, things that have been done that weren't okay. Lord, will you, will you help us today to have the courage to respond to your promptings? Uh, perhaps there's something, a margin of brokenness in relationship and God has given you a word on, on how, to, how to take the initiative and be the first to lead through the challenges and the difficulties. Maybe there's a relationship that's unhealthy and you've heard from God about that. There's all kinds of ways that the voice of God can speak to us. And so Lord, I just ask that in these moments, these last moments that we have together, that your voice would speak loud and clear. Would you pray it with me now? Lord, speak. Your servants are listening. And my prayer this week is that during this moment that we have together, we would set our hearts and our minds on mission to hear the voice and the promptings of God. So Lord, will you clarify and re-communicate and maybe communicate for the first time during this moment that we have now some things that you know are critically important for us to hear. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening.